0: In the online entrepreneurial world, I'm hearing more and more about paid memberships and masterminds. They're two areas I'm starting to dabble in myself. But what are they and how do they work? Ultimately, if you envision yourself moving away from your local hub and taking your business to a global scale, Memberships and masterminds are fantastic for educating and inspiring people with your knowledge on a one to many basis. And they have the potential to make lots of money in the process. Today, I'm chatting with Ruby Lee, who is achieving amazing things in her business through these two channels. So I'm picking her brain to understand how to set them up and make them a valuable asset to our businesses. If you're interested in joining my own membership, the Digital VIPs, please either connect with me on LinkedIn or pop me an email to leanne at righttimemarketing.com.au to express your interest and I'll let you know when the doors open again. But for now, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to the Marketing and Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, and I help business owners, just like you, build trustworthy connections with their ideal clients. And I do this through engaging conversational copywriting and strategic advice at Right Time Marketing. So feel free to book in a free 30-minute discovery call after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. But today, I'm joined by my special guest, Ruby Lee. Woo! Welcome, Ruby. (gasps) I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, So Ruby, I've mentioned you actually in a couple episodes recently, Rubes. Um, She's a Forbes-featured online business coach and sought-after LinkedIn strategist, one of them. Um, In less than two years, Ruby has created a million-dollar brand and today serves the Own Your Hustle community across the globe to create their freedom-based businesses. Uh, now, Ruby is a very spiritual person, and I'm thrilled that our paths have recently become aligned because um, just, you know, just a few months ago, I basically put it out to the universe. I asked, said to a few people, I need more mentors around me, like inspiring mentors, achieving massive goals that I was striving towards. And my friend, Kate Merriweather, hi Kate, uh, suggested I join the world of Ruby since my business has been moving more into the coaching and training space. And I love delving into a bit of woo-woo as well. And that's definitely where Ruby's heart and soul are at. Um, so I started by joining her free own your Hustle Facebook community and started listening to her podcast. I was just listening to it this morning and and at the time of this recording, I'm about to begin her six month amplify mastermind, so I'm extremely excited about that, and I know it's the right time for me to move away from the the little lake I've been dog peddling in and dive into the ocean of opportunity. Uh, So yes, it's an absolute honor to have you on the show today, Ruby.
1: I love it. You can tell Leanne is a kick-ass copywriter. She's just got away (laughs) with
0: words.
1: (laughs) Oh, "Oh, I love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. um, So yes, please tell us more about you
1: and your business journey. Oh my gosh. I, whenever I get asked this question, I'm like, "Mm, okay, where do we want to start? And you know, so many places that I could begin, but the place that I think is most aligned for your audience is really, you know, right towards the end of my nine to five journey. I was working as a full-time HR executive. I led a big recruitment team in the tech startup scene here in Melbourne. Very cool job. You know, like you picture the Google head office with the slides and all that, like our office was like that. It was, there was like a trampoline, like it was just the whole thing that was a vibe. And I was thinking to myself one day, you know, I had the little corner space of our open designed office and I'm like, this is, I think as good as it's going to (laughs) get, moment where I'm like, what if this is it? What if this is it for the rest of my career working for the man? And it's like the cool man. It was like the tech startup dudes of the world. And I'm like, this is just so not enough. And there were a few other layers that came into it. You know, my desire and love of all things travel. <laughs> oh, let's I take a know. moment at the moment. <laughs> we can't do that right now, but travel was a big component. I have two kids. So just wanting to have way more time with the boys and seeing them just really grow and having more time with my husband, like more intentional time and not just being passing ships in the night, which is what we were for a certain period. And, you know, my parents are getting a little bit older. So wanting to just give them life experiences. So all these layers came into play and I already had a side hustle somewhere in the background. I never took it too seriously, but it was this incredible push and calling of let's just try and make this work. And of course you go into this whole scene of you come back from work, kids are being looked after. And then somewhere about nine o'clock at night, each night, I, instead of sitting down in front of the TV, I would be like, what can I do for my side hustle? How can I help this grow? How can I breathe some life into it? So, you know, really diving into the worlds of, having this dual career going on, you know, recruiter by day and business owner by night. And within a six month period, I had mapped out how I was going to leave my very comfortable job and go all in with my business and how I was going to help it grow. And here we are. So that was back in May, 2018. I left my, yeah, I left my job. And it's just it's just been a crazy, amazing, wild two years
0: ever since. That is so cool. I love that. And I think yeah, a lot of the listeners, you know, they're looking at the side business too, um, or they want to yeah take their business to the next step. So um, and they probably have come from yeah that kind of corporate background too, and go, nah, this isn't the right fit for me anymore, or something doesn't feel
1: right, and I want to move more into my passion area. Totally. And it happens, it kind of creeps up on you, you know, that for an amount of time you could sort of sweep that aside and just think, oh, it's fine. I'll just get through it. And it it just will be this one aha moment where you feel, no, it's time to actually do something with this. And when I say I started my side hustle, I started it as a blog. So it was just one WordPress site. It was very badly done. I'm not a web developer, but I knew that I loved writing and I loved, you know, just the written word and being able to express that way. And that's where it all started. The blog was the catalyst for the rest of my business. And did you have a vision at all for where you'd be two years later? (laughs) Oh gosh, I think I was scared to dream big and I've, being told kind of contradictory things. One is when you dream too big, you know, you're really setting yourself up for disappointment. All the realists in the world, shout out you guys. But also at the same time, I would let my mind go to all those places around, well, what if life could look like this and I could travel the world with kids and I had my dream board. So it was sort of an element of both and it wasn't until I found that real belief in myself that everything else started to actually come together, you know, and not actually giving a crap what other people's stories were around whether you could or couldn't dream big because it always came back to, well, it's your responsibility and accountability lies within each and every one of us to take the actions in order to have that dream life you can't just sit there and wish and hope for it to happen so a lot of that manifested in terms of big nights when i was still working both jobs and lots of frustrating moments feeling very alone my husband didn't really come into the business until maybe like 6 months into it because he was doing his own thing so a lot of it was just working it out on my own and always grounding to the fact that I had this big ticket dream, that there was something else that I could look to as that big beam of light. Love it. And so what does your business look like now? I mean, I know, but for your listeners. So now it's gone global, which is just incredible. And all of my courses and coaching and training is done online. So we're recording this on zoom. So I connect with my clients all over the globe through Zoom and Facebook groups as well that I've set up for my paid courses. When we could travel, I was traveling to speak at large conferences and host my own events and retreats. It's a lot of fun. There's so much freedom in the way that I create products, the way that I show up every day, what hours I work, where I work, and it it really has just been such a beautiful journey of every step I've taken I've just sort of landed there going, do I like this? Do I want to do this? We were just talking about this off air and it's like, yeah, I do. I want to do more of that. And of course, there's been certain areas in my business that I built and created and realized down the track, that's not what I want to do at all. Let's just make a U-turn. I'm the CEO of my own business. I can do this and unravel that part so that there's more energy going to the things that I love doing. So online business coaching, the best, so much fun.
0: Fantastic. And so, yeah, good segue because today I want to talk about making money with memberships and masterminds. I love alliteration, the copywriter and me. Um, so to start with, for those who haven't been part of one before, what's a paid membership group?
1: A paid membership group is where you are given a, an amount of content, so whether it's, you know, certain like monthly Uh, pieces of content that come out and it's a subscription model. So you're really ultimately being coached or mentored over a period of time, typically six to 12 months, and you pay a monthly fee or an annual fee. Typically inside of a membership, you would have access to the coach, the mentor, the expert, and also be able to connect with others within that community itself. So it's a very you know, nice way to begin if you're thinking about really growing with a certain mentor, getting to know what they're like as teachers and whether their style of uh, coaching and delivery is what you best respond to and just getting a feel for the community as well and leaning on the others to help you collaborate and grow. But also if you're thinking about building one, it's a fantastic way to test your products and create bite-sized trainings and especially if you are, which I'm sure we all are listening in, the creative type and you like to experiment with different ways of connecting better with your paid audience, a membership is a beautiful model to get started with. And it's true because that's
0: what I've experienced, in, at, you know, recently with my online course, the first one, and the connections we made in the, and like it, so it was a free group initially. And then, yeah, then people wanted to move to the pay group because they built up that connection with me. Um, and then even in that paid group, I have, yeah, a couple of now want to do further work with me. And it's a really good way to build up that, you know, the like trust factor, um, no like and trust factor and then they want to do more with you or they they become your advocates and really promote your
1: services to other people. Hugely. I mean, I've had so many stories of members who have gone through that customer journey where they've started off with memberships that are typically quite low-end offers. So they started off at $33 a month and they've now landed in one of my high ticket programs, which is like a month. And that can happen, well, in this particular case, uh, my client did that journey within nine months. So it's a really beautiful way, you know, in internet marketing terms to build out your funnel And, you know, to have your customers really step through the products that you have online to get to know you at that point. And of course, you'll still have high ticket clients come your way. I know we'll talk about masterminds in a second, but you'll still have those that have no idea what you've got on offer, but they just go straight to the high ticket. You know, and they're like, "Yep, that's what I want." I'm energetically matched to that price point. I feel really great being, you know, in partnership with you at that particular investment level. And others will stay in your membership, and they'll be in there for a really long time. And that's exactly what serves them.
0: Yeah, because sometimes it, it could be like, you know, I, I was I've been in paid memberships before and been in there for a year and then gone for the big ticket one because, but it's been something I've aspired to do, and and you you know you then. Um, you know I'm a big Facebook user, and quite often that's where memberships are um well, at least these days, I know there's also membership sites, which we can talk about in a minute. but yeah, I just constantly being in that world, I'm always popping into Facebook, and so when the you know the next launch came up, I'm like, yep, cool, I'm ready now, let me in <laughs>
1: mm, i I totally agree. I actually left Facebook for about three years, and how did you know only- it? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm done with Facebook. And I, I remember coming back to it because I'd started my business and there was this, you know, little part of me that was like, oh, I'm going to only use it now for business-related activity. But now coming back into it, I cherish the communities that are inside the many different Facebook groups that I host, but also Facebook groups that I'm a part of. And they're pretty much all, I'm a part of three Facebook groups as a member, and they are all spiritual. Like every single one of them, that's just where I connect with my spiritual community. It's it's just such a, it's an intentional place if you let it be, as in Facebook.
0: Yeah, because I personally now I'm pretty much only using Facebook for the groups, like the, the free groups and the paid groups, but I don't, just the mindless scrolling is not for me. I don't, my husband likes to watch videos, for example. I'm not into that. I'm yeah, in a lot of business groups. Um, I've recently joined a couple of manifestation groups, so um, I'm always kind of in that world and connecting with people. Um, but yeah, so with like membership sites, because that's like kind of a separate thing outside of Facebook. Um, do you work outside of Facebook as well?
1: Yeah, so Facebook is mainly where I would have community interaction, and you know, the in between of the Zoom trainings where we connect. But all of my content is stored in my membership site. So the the site that I use is called Kartra. It's got a whole new member portal. It's absolutely amazing for storing any trainings. There's other ones out there, you know, um, MemberSpace, if you are part of the Squarespace family, it's a nice add-on and addition. Uh, Kajabi, there's so, Podia is another one or Podia, however you want to say that, but there are just so many incredible ones out there. And then of course you can be extra fancy and get one custom built for you if you've got a WordPress site or something like that. And really what you're aiming for with any sort of membership site itself is that it's easy to navigate because membership sites are meant to scale. So thinking about even having 50 members or 100 members, let alone thousands, you can't be afford to have it, you know. Be clunky and messy, and you know, it just does not make sense as to where people find certain content. So, make sure that the structure of your site is easy to navigate through. And the beauty of having any one of those programs that I've just mentioned is that a lot of it is a preset, it's already done for you. So, all you need to do is add your trainings, and it'll say things like add your video here, add an audio here. So, the template itself is fantastic once you're in there, but members do need to feel as though the navigation of it is simple and very accessible as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I've just, you know, because I have a, a new membership group as well, the digital VIPs. And I've started uh through App Sumo, I found one called SubHub. And so you know, in the <clears throat> in the um beta uh, testing stage, um, well, maybe a bit more established. I think they're making changes all the time. But yeah, it, it does that kind of thing. Um I'm just starting to play around with it, but I agree it has to be um, well user friendly for yourself, so maybe one one program um, platform might you know be more intuitive to you versus someone else who raves about it um, about something else and um, so make sure it's user friendly to you and then also like client facing
1: absolutely, and it's the things that you don't really think about up front. Where a member forgets their password, and or they want to change their billing and update their credit card details, or maybe exit the membership and then make it easy for them to come back in. Mm. All these little parts of your customer journey make all the difference around retention and customer satisfaction. So really putting, you know, your customer journey hat on when you're designing a membership is so important. The last thing you want is an inbox full of people saying, I forgot my email, my login, my email. I mean, I'm definitely one of those. I always forget my passwords. <laughs> so having a membership site that just auto generates the password for you. Oh, my gosh. It was a game changer.
0: Yes. I, funny story. When I was playing around with mine um, and I you know, did that little test payment thing just to make sure the payment portals were working and I'm um, like, okay, that worked. Awesome. I now can just delete that transaction. Don't need that money recurringly coming out. And then I accidentally deleted myself (laughs) from the admin. And so I actually had to send a little help message (laughs) to the support team going, So I've deleted myself. Um, I can't (laughs) actually get back in as an admin anymore. I just want to delete that (laughs) transaction, not me. Oh, anyway. So it was like, I want to just launch this thing. And it was just another thing. And the time zones, because they are um, based in the UK. had to wait till like, yeah, 5 p.m. that night or 7 p.m. that night before I did anything. And anyway, um, so membership groups, what's your personal experience? Like the good, the bad, the ugly?
1: So the good is just that really beautiful connection if you allow your members to connect with you. So, you know, one of the things I often hear from my clients who start membership sites is no one's talking to each other. How do I get them to connect? So, you know, when you're starting out and it's still a small number, personalize it, reach out to every single one of them and slowly but surely it creates the DNA of the group, the culture of the group where more people come in and you realize it's just such a warm place to be. So membership groups are also great because you effectively get to test your products in a nice contained environment where people are already receptive to the work that you do. And much of the time I'm able to take what I test in the membership group out to a larger group program or something outside of that. But I'll always say to my members, you get first dibs, you get to see what products and services are coming out first in the Own Your Hustle company. And then everything else, obviously, you know, once it's out there, it's thanks to you. I've also used a lot of my membership tests, testimonials to go onto my sales pages, which is great. So by the time it launches out to public, it's effectively gone through a bit of a a beta round, which is awesome. I guess the bad is, you know, it'll always come down to retention of if your membership is an open close type membership or a monthly membership, your concentration is around how do you keep your members retained, engaged, excited. And as you said, Leanne, advocates of your work, bringing more people through. So that tends to sometimes be, you know, a little bit of that. You feel a little bit, how am I going to get there or do that? And I've had certain clients start memberships with, let's say 10 members and they stay for a month and then four of them leave. And that's almost 50% of their membership, you know, and it feels so real. And it's hard to not take it personally when you're putting so much effort and energy into a membership. Which is definitely the case. I don't know if you found that with yours. Yeah, you're nodding away. So there's so much uh, content you got to put in there, and it just feels like you are really serving at a faster pace, as opposed to your private clients or you know those that are on retainers, for example. So that to me feels not so much the bad, but definitely very challenging. And gosh, the downright ugly is when and this is just a very personal thing for me, but when someone joins the membership at let's say an introductory price and you would, you might have that as like, you know, for the first month you get like half price and then you go on to a full price type of relationship. I've definitely had those that have signed up at half price. I've got so much training in my membership. They literally binge all of it in one whole month and then they exit and they exit on the half price and they don't leave testimonials. It just feels like you've been very squeezed of every last job. And you know, I know it's not a reflection at all of the work that I do. It's awesome that they can do that. They've got enough time to do that. But also there's just, you know, a scarcity feeling around that, like, oh, I gotta absorb it. So it's not necessarily that I want them to pay a certain amount to access all the content, otherwise they wouldn't have it open like this. But It's just this the side that frustrates me is I don't get to see their transformation. It just feels like they've absorbed it like a sponge and then they're going to go to the very next thing with maybe another mentor or coach, squeeze out all the information that they've somehow watched in such a short period of time and then on to the next. And that to me just feels... Like it falls on very sort of you know barren grounds, and as a coach, that's not at all what I love to see. I want to see that there's transformation from that. So, yeah, in summary, I think they're the three areas. But does any of that resonate with you? Um, well, yeah, no, well,
0: I, I would never do the ugly. Um, <laughs> that that just sounds, I guess, there are people out there who just go, Oh, I just, oh, oh I can do this, but yeah. you know, there's a really good way, and I'll just blah, 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 and I can get out, and awesome. But, I mean, they're not the people you want really around you ongoing, I guess, anyway, so they sound pretty toxic, so you get them out. It's just unfortunate that's what happens. Um, yeah, like the, the building of the connections, I mean, that's, that's a massive, um, massive thing, I think. And I've been yeah, in, like, I'm in a copywriting community group, uh, Facebook group, and at first, before I joined, like, how does this work? Because they're like my competitors, right? And then, you know, I really got to know them. And they're now like over 300 in this group. And we're just, we're referring each other. Like I'm building up my team at the moment. I just pick some people from there who I've resonated with. And yeah, I've I've actually heard from some people that the sense of community is like uh, sometimes A bigger factor than actually the training you can offer
1: so don't underestimate that and you know I totally agree I 100% agree and there's been some instances where someone will join the membership and they'll consume all the content not join the Facebook group in the community and if they don't join within the first week I just, it's just a pattern that's come up now that they'll, they they are the types that will watch the content, not interested in speaking to anybody else and they're out of there. So, you know, it's something that now we're able to see a trend and internally we're discussing, okay, like that doesn't feel good for us. So what does the membership model get to look like as the next iteration? What can we do to not necessarily stop people from just watching all the content, but give you more of what you want. So as a coach, I want to see more people absorbing the content and putting that into action so that they can ultimately see the change that they're looking for, you know? So yeah, that's been, it's been a beautiful learning journey. You know, it, it definitely has been a big wrestle of, Oh my gosh, you know, I put all this time and energy into such a low ticket offer and it doesn't really feel like there's anything in there that it feels like a, it's boomerang back in terms of the type of relationship I get it, I'm getting. And then other times you hear these stories of, I actually joined your membership and then I went into a course and then I went into a high ticket mastermind with you. And you just think, oh, you know, so I think sometimes it's just like, pull your head out. It's, it's not about the instant return, but it's, always about the individual that's in there they've they've joined for a reason and you don't you just don't know whose lives that you're impacting at that very moment as well
0: that's I, I, so true and you know just like even like the podcast right i know this has been going for a, a while since the beginning of the year and there was a little point where I was like, oh, is this, is it worth it to people? Cause you know, this is an investment. I'm not being paid to do it. And oh, I just like, is it worth it? And then, like, just recently, I've had all these people come out of the woodwork going, I'm loving your podcast. I want to work with you now. And so it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. You're low ticket or free. You just don't under uh, don't underestimate or, or who's just following you on social media. They may not even be liking or commenting, but they're there lurking. Yes. And so just don't, you just never know what impact you're having and you just have no idea.
1: You know what? It's so much the case where I will have conversations or discovery calls with individuals who'll say, I'm one of those ones that stalk that I've never, ever reached out and commented. I'm so sorry about that, but it happens more often than not for sure. And one thing I will say about podcasts is there's so much research now around having a podcast and attracting more affluent buyers of your services through podcast listeners rather than just purely off Instagram, for example, because it's long form, it's evergreen the content, the value that you put out there, Leanne is so good and so juicy. So it's almost like there's a ton of people listening now going, hell yeah, I would work with Leanne. Like once I get my (laughs) shit in order, I'm going to speak to Leanne. I'm there. So yeah, it's, it's not always about what you see in terms of the metrics, but there's an energy there. You just know, you know, the right people are going to come along at the right time.
0: Yeah. Love it. Love it. Uh, And okay. So with the membership, if someone's, you know,
1: listening right now, they want to set one up, what are the first steps they need to take? Mm. With a membership, I would definitely encourage you to firstly look at your audience. You need an audience to have a membership, a free audience of some kind. Now you don't need thousands of people. It's definitely not what I'm saying here. But you can have a small and mighty audience that really resonate and click with the work that you put out there. So first and foremost, i check in. You could even start teasing it out now if this is something that you're wanting to do in the next three to six months. Ask your audience. You might want to just put it out there and let them know, I'm considering pulling together a paid monthly membership. Is this something that you would like, you know, really co-creating with your current audience at this time? That's often been the very key to having a more successful launch in preparing your audience for what is upcoming. So don't ever forget that, that bit. The second part is when you've got your membership model and you've actually decided that you're going to do it, let's take a look deeper into the membership itself. So What is the key transformation that you're wanting to provide your members? It's going to be very different to someone who's working on a retainer, who's hiring you for eight weeks, 12 weeks, or even a year. Your monthly members are a certain type. You know, they might be time poor or they might already have a very successful um, business, for example, and they just want a community. They are busy mums and dads and they don't have any time for fitness and they just want like something that they're grabbing to once a month. They want like a diet plan or they want a food plan or something like that. So thinking about the transformation is going to be so key to how you structure out the educational component of your membership as well. And the third is really testing the pricing, knowing what fits your audience for that transformation, which is why transformation comes first. A lot of us who start memberships just pull a number out of the hat and go, oh, yeah, 29 bucks a month, oh, that'll do, right? You know, I, I think there's a lot more to it from a connection to who your audience is at that level. So, you know, the pricing component can definitely be stepped. You might want to do an introductory offer, 15 bucks a month or $30 a month, but letting them know that the next time you open up the doors, it's not going to be at this price so they get grandfathered in. And also it's a nice psychological step. You know, if you're not quite ready to go all in with the, with the higher pricing, it's a nice way to just dare yourself to take that half step. You know, just let's go in, intro price. It feels good. You might want to ring fence it and cap it at the first 10 people, the first 15 people, and then you can go bigger from there. So that's definitely been something that's been very helpful for the clients I coach around building memberships. And just give yourself a good launch period. So I'm not talking about creating it and then it sits somewhere on your website and you're just thinking people will find it. No one goes to your website unless you're leading them there these days. It's not as though I'm going to be like, oh, let me look up, you know, Leanne Shelton's website <laughs> as much as it's like, Why not? You know, <laughs> as much as it's like, you know, you love Leanne, Leanne's going to be leading you there. There's a call to action. The doors are open for a certain period of time. There's a reason why, I mean, like clearly Leanne's coffee is stellar, but there's a reason why there's something that's really grabbed you and you've gone, yeah, I need to check this offer out. So have a good amount of time when you're opening a membership. Two weeks is great where you're just giving it its opening moment, you know, like it's, it's doing its red carpet walk. You've got the lights on, you know, you're talking about the transformation, the people that you're holding space for, how you're going to show up in it. And then, you know, treat it like that grand opening. It will bring a lot of energy and momentum to your membership launch for sure.
0: Love it. And so, yeah, treat it like a bit, don't go, oh, just a small ticket item. I don't need to do a big launch. Still get excited about it because I guess you might attract a lot more numbers in and then numbers game, right? So that
1: could then convert in the totally. long term. Yeah. Yes, totally. I mean... That They're just sort of the top points that I would make, but there's a lot of other little factors like branding makes a really big difference and the visuals and that kind of thing. Or if you have certain guests that might come in once a month, you know, don't forget about those aspects, but really the core of it is even if you have your first 10 in as founding members, it's a really great place to build from there. Love it. And
0: so your tips for like keeping everyone engaged and everything like that, is it, um, you know, what are your thoughts on like having set themes and things like that for days? Is that the best uh, way to encourage interaction or are there any, any other tips you have? In I,
1: like, I, I do like themes because it just keeps you accountable to staying active in the group. So I have things like Motivation Monday, Feel Good Fridays, which is going out today. Uh, and also a calendar of events. So what's coming up in the membership over the, the month. And I have a money theme this month It's all about money magnetism. The month before it was all about outsourcing. So it just gives your members a frame as to what questions they can come into and be prepared for. So that works really well for early entrepreneurs who these topics are really juicy to them because they're like, oh, I never thought that I could a copywriter and outsource. I thought I had to do everything myself, you know? So <laughs> yeah, it's just such a beautiful way to hold space for those themed conversations for sure. But as well as that, you know, the, the idea of gamifying or creating, you know, mini competitions inside of memberships are actually really effective. So you might be thinking to yourself, oh, I don't, respond to giveaways, but there are a ton of people who do, they love free shit. (laughs) They just love it. So if you're able to give, you know, maybe it's like you do free 30 minute discovery calls. So maybe it's like an, an hour mini coaching or something like that. Like you might want to give away to your members. It's special. It's just made for them. I definitely give my members the best, um, pricing, and discounts for any courses that I'm creating. So they get always like the, the best deals because they're my VIP members. So keeping it really exclusive from that standpoint does increase a lot of engagement within the group as well.
0: Love it. Oh, yes. Um, and, I, I, yeah, i participate in things like caption this and the best one will win a book. And I'm like a book nerd. So I'm like, yes, I want to win a book. I don't care what the book is. I just want to win it. Um, and then that, yeah. Say. Um, and I like to be quirky with my words too. So when it's captioned this, I'm like, ooh, how, oh how so good. Yeah. Um, cool. And so, okay, so let's move into masterminds. What's the difference between a membership and a mastermind?
1: So your mastermind will mostly be a much deeper relationship with your mentor. And it's in a much smaller container. So memberships can scale out into the thousands. Masterminds can be, you know, 10, 20, usually it's around that, um, just depending on the model itself. I've definitely heard of masterminds that have had 50 to 100 and you go, hmm, is that a mastermind? It just feels just like a really expensive membership. But you know, I, it just depends on how they structure it. If they have co-coaches and all of that inside of it, so with masterminds, what I would say the main difference is the transformation is going to be a lot deeper. It's going to be um, there's going to be definitely a lot more that you get from it from an outcomes perspective, or so you hope, especially in doing research of the right group of the right coach and mentor. So you know, if I think about it from my perspective, I've got two masterminds and as I created it, once again, I thought about the transformation for the two different masterminds that I have. So I've got one mastermind. That's all about getting to your first six figures. Like this is really our whole focus is getting to consistent 10 K months and beyond and what needs to happen in your business to almost create that space. So things like outsourcing and, um, Early stage funnels, pricing. How do you not just exchange time coaching, time for money, for example? Bringing in some more passive sources of income. We're really growing out that side of things. The other mastermind that I have are mainly for entrepreneurs who are really scaling to fifty k months. So they've already got a relatively established business, but they're wanting to step away even more. They're potentially more stressed out as they're like, Oh my gosh, I've just created like this thing that I have to keep building. And it just feels like, Oh, so the conversation is slightly different in there. And knowing the two types of transformations, or in your case, if you're building your own mastermind, the transformation is going to be the key again. And then from there, you might be looking at things like the structure. So what can back this transformation? So group mastermind calls where you're really facilitating deeper discussions to help there be a group learning done. It's also less about, you know, just drawing from the coach. A mastermind is really drawing from everybody's minds. It's like 10, 20 different brains coming together, creating a mastermind. So one big juicy brain that you can pick from is like a brains trust. And there'll be certain individuals who are really great at a particular aspect in their business and they're able to come back and coach you and vice versa. Someone's really needing help with copy sales pages. What's wrong? Like no one's responding and it just feels my call to actions are going nowhere. And it's like Leanne's in the mastermind. It's like, yeah, I can help you with that. Like, I'll tell you exactly why. So there's a really beautiful connection with everybody in there around taking feedback from the group itself and having that transformation not just from the mentor but from those that have gathered you know because the mentors brought everyone together yeah Um, that's one element like I'm really looking forward to because
0: I know I'll be surrounded by people who are on that same journey as me that same vision they all want to you know get those 10k months consistently and um, yeah I look forward to feeding off their energy as well
1: as yours so that's definitely an element for me Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful because there's such a, it's a common understanding that we're all working towards the same goal in some way, but we come from such different backgrounds. So, you know, it's, it's really nice, but if you are shopping for a mastermind, I would definitely, you know, speak to the mentor, speak to the coach and look at their community. So that's a big part of it you know, stalking down like who's commenting and who's in their community. You might even want to speak to a few people. That's really helpful because masterminds are not, you know, a cheap investment. There's definitely some skin in the game. Now you're, you know, in for a longer period of time. You want to make sure that your money is going to a place that can also help you transform, that you respond well to the energy of the coach as well as the group. And, On the flip side, when you are creating masterminds, it's your responsibility to also really keep that place safe and sacred and connected. I definitely have said no's to people who are just not the right fit. And I will, you know, propose them other options and things that we could work together. But there's always this intuitive sense of, I just don't feel this person would be the right fit for how the group is coming together. And that is your responsibility as, as a coach to really drive and create a safe space for everybody.
0: And I passed the test yay <laughs> uh, you were like a hundred thousand percent yes <laughs> oh my gosh yes uh you know that, that's really, and look you know I, I know like for me in terms of my copywriting that there's been clients have come to me and like oh I don't know if I really resonate with what they do like like tradies for example before I really niched and I like just take any job and then I just wouldn't put my heart and soul into it and then I just i I'd second guess myself throughout the process and not feel good about it. I mean, sometimes they were happy with it, but then sometimes issues came up and I missed the mark. And was it was because I didn't resonate. So these days, I'm a lot more fussy with who I do take on. Um, I did have someone actually at the beginning of the week, and he had been someone had recommended him to me, and he really wanted to work with me. But I'm like, I just don't handle that industry, and I just don't. I don't have the energy for that, and. I'll find you a copywriter who can handle it. And I can help you with the marketing, but I just I'm just not the right person. So I, I definitely agree, especially with terms of coaching because you really you know you' sharing some real personal stuff. Um, you know so it is pretty important that you do connect with them on a deep level.
1: Definitely. And last year I also took part in a mastermind myself. And you know while it was really effective in terms of helping me see things from a different perspective, I realized that it was such a different group for me because it was very almost a a group that was all about creating something perfect and then putting it out there to the world and that is so not me at the core I will take messy imperfect action I'll you know just co-create with with everyone who's coming in I'm running a course at the moment that I have not built so I'm literally building it live as my clients are joining and coming in. And it's wonderful because you get to actually live and breathe into it. Like last night I was doing the first workbook after I had run the first live. So it's a very different way of how I approach business, but I'm definitely not the gal to spend six months building an entire program and then marketing it because it's almost like, well, how are you testing it out there with the market? So the mastermind that I was in taught me a lot about that aspect and I tried it once or twice and it just didn't work. So, you know, really connecting in with also what feels good for you, despite what other people are doing is also a really great learning when you come into masterminds because it gives you an opportunity to look at, well, what are the options are there that I'm not seeing? do I want to try it? Do I want to give it a go? Okay. Well, I will. Did it work for me? Did it not? So it's all part of that really beautiful mastermind experience.
0: Yeah. And for sure. I'll be looking forward to, you know, working with you and then, cause I'd love to set up my own mastermind at some point. So I'll get a feel of how I can <gasps> make it work. Did everyone just hear that? Get on the wait list yes. for yeah, Leanne's like mastermind. <laughs> um, yes. I would Yeah, love to make that happen. Um, And, yeah, what you were just saying about, yeah, not pre-building the the content, I've heard that actually from multiple different people um, and it's ultimately, yeah, testing the waters because you don't want to create something and then no one signs up to it and you've invested all this time and energy into it and then for nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, You're so much better off um, selling out the course first and giving yourself, obviously, you know, a few weeks' notice to build the content if you need that. But there's no issue with. Um, I think we had um yeah, Alisa uh earlier um in the podcast about course creation, and yeah, just basically it's okay to be a week or or, or hey, at the moment I'm preparing the content the morning of, and that's okay because I think that's, that's the thing. The energy when rather than you've you've created a month ago and then you come into it and you're like. Not it's not fresh in mind. You've got to kind of reconnect with the energy that you had when you wrote it and then reflect that when you present it. So that makes sense.
1: Totally. And, you know, it takes me back to one of my first ever work experience gigs was at McDonald's. I mean, did everyone do work experience at McDonald's? I just felt like it was, I don't know. It was just like, I'm just going to go there. And it was just during the time that the McFlurry was coming out, you know, like it was brand, it was a new concept to McDonald's. And I remember almost they were saying, okay, now we're going to you instead of putting it into a cone, we're going to put it into this cup, like a big cup and you've got to, you know, like crush the biscuits in and all this sort of stuff. And every night we would have to, at close till we would uh, report the sales of McFlurries because they were just sort of like okay. Is it working? Like they were basically testing it. They hadn't done a lot of advertising around it. It was just kind of like on the board or whatever. And I think that that was their idea of co-creation, like they were getting from the franchisees, you know, number of sales, there was feedback forms, like, what do you want on your McFlurry? What were people asking for? And now it's just become, you know, a standard part of the menu here anyway in Australia. But I remember when they were doing that, I'm like, every business does it to some point. It's not like they've just gone, oh, that is like exactly what we're going to be putting out there. We're going to put all our hopes and dreams on it because I'm sure they would have just pulled it if it didn't work.
0: Exactly. I just want to touch upon um, pricing the mastermind. Um, so we, we've talked a little bit about the memberships, you know, a low price point's okay. Mastermind's
1: obviously uh, a lot more. How do you kind of come up with that figure? It comes up through the transformation. So if in the membership, personally, the transformation is to get to your first $5,000 a month, a $97 membership makes sense. My masterminds, if I'm going to help you get to your first 10K month and beyond and ultimately build a stable six figure business, then it makes sense for the mastermind to be in total around $6,000, right? Like, it, you know, it, to me, that just felt really great. My high level mastermind, if I'm going to help you hit 50K months, well, the investment is going to really signify and be a mirror of that as well. So this is why I keep coming back to that T word of knowing the transformation and matching your pricing to that. And, you know, just this whole idea of testing pricing and seeing what works really well for your community. I really like going in there with your first tier of what feels like an energetic match for you there. And, you know, you might hit your first five clients in a certain, like, container, take the pricing up again. I've got another client of mine who just started a mastermind and she said, as soon as I book my first three clients at this rate, I'm promising to myself that the next three will be at this rate and the next three will be at this rate. And she's very transparent about it. And it's almost become a, okay, last spot at this rate, like next spot is going to go up another level. And she has never not had a client come through at whichever level she's pushed through, because we all know that there's clients available at all price points. You could price something at $10,000 and you will have a client. You could price something at $10 and you can have a client. So it always comes back to what makes you feel lit up, excited, connected to that price point and delivering at your best at that level. So I know whenever I'm pricing at a higher rate, like my super high ticket, which is private coaching, I mean, like I'm stepping up to the plate a big time. I'm like, whew, like I am, I'm in there with my clients to drive that performance in them to get them to that goal. And then obviously with my lower ticket, like the membership, for example, I'm still in there with them, but I'm in there twice a month. So it's really looking at, how much access, how much energy am I giving into each of my containers? And does that feel right for my price point?
0: Love it. Love it. Oh, thank you for all that insight. It's, it's, you know, that's an area membership and masterminds I'm delving into. Um, and I hope that's been very helpful for the listeners today. Um, and so I asked all of my guests, uh, Ruby, how do you manage your health and wellness?
1: I am such a spiritual girl, so wellness to me means all minds of, yes, body, but also mind and spirit. So I've always had a very strong spiritual practice. You know, every morning I would centre into journaling or a form of meditation and really just set the scene from the inside out, get very clear on what energies are either lurking around on the more challenging side or if I'm having a difficult week because, that quarantine life in Melbourne can get to you. Oh my gosh. You know, so we're in round two at the moment at this date at this recording. Uh, but also things like, you know, making sure that I'm spending plenty of time in fresh air in the sun if possible, like not, you know, just getting like lots of that beautiful vitamin D I look after what I'm eating, what goes into my body, but I'm also, you know, not afraid to have a glass of wine and celebrate and do all of this. So I think it's just a really nice balance of finding that, you know, striking that chord of what makes you feel happy and healthy and just good about yourself from the inside out.
0: Love it, love it. Yes, um, I'm. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to tune more of my energies and go. Oh, why am I feeling a bit angry right now? I need to just cleanse and just have a breather and um
1: yeah yeah or like all of a sudden I'm snapping at the kids I'm like hang on this isn't about the kids like what what is going on I'm like I'm really sorry kids I me too. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I've been really reflective on that recently going oh it's because I just read this email that irked me and I came yes. at the exact moment after and so I took it out on them and so yes. yeah be
1: mindful of the first step <laughs> oh I think all mums are just nodding right now mums yeah. and dads going yeah you know like it can feel very it can feel very full on you know when you're building your businesses and you're so in it and you're so there and you know you've got the little ones who are observing everything you do like they are so so aware and it's just you know when you have more of that consciousness around i i'm definitely becoming a lot more aware that my kids are just watching me do my thing and i'll just explain it to them or you know tell them what's going on and it's actually really beautiful seeing them connect to that yeah. so yes but thank you so much. It's been wonderful have being on your podcast. It's been awesome. Thank you. And how can people connect with you finally? I'm, you know, obsessed with LinkedIn is my main core platform. So if you are there, please come and find me on LinkedIn and connect. Let me know that you found me through this podcast and also on Instagram. So I am pretty much posting stories every day. I'm obsessed with it. I love my Instagram stories. It gives me life. So come and check me out there as well. I'm just at underscore Ruby Lee underscore.
0: Awesome. Oh, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this chat. Um, and I, yeah, the mastermind is just like, oh, it's hanging out for it. i very excited. So excited. Bring on Yay! September. Woo! Woo! Um, So, yes, thank you, Ruby, and thank you to you, dear listener, for tuning in. You can find show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com today, you. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating and review via your podcast app or at ratethispodcast.com slash marketingandme. If you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn to search for Leanne Shelton. And you can also join the Marketing and Me podcast Facebook group. And finally, if you want to learn more about generating leads or outsourcing your copywriting to me, head to my website, righttimemarketing.com.au and book in a free 30-minute discovery call. And until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.